Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy and blessed Tuesday. We are in the final week before Christmas, so we are in the midst of the final days of Advent, and there have been a plethora of things happening both in the entertainment industry with the box office and a ton of other things in between. So we have a lot of things to talk about. Of course, the biggest story, and this is something that I covered in a video for this past weekend, the box office breakdown at the very end, I went further into the data to showcase why the financial losses that Disney is experiencing right now is catastrophic. It's one thing when a studio will lose out on maybe millions or even hundreds of millions of dollars. It's, it's interesting, however, that hundreds of millions of dollars in losses would be something that Disney would hope for. Disney was probably in a position right now where it wishes it could be seeing those kinds of losses. But instead, we're talking about not only north of a billion dollars, we're talking about 1.5 plus billion dollars when everything is said and done. And especially when we get those updated box office budgets coming out from the UK over the course of the next several months, oh boy, things are going to get even crazier. All of this while we have other films like Godzilla Minus One, which is continuing to do very, very well. And I have been reminded, especially with that movie, about just how many people don't really understand how box office booking works. How it is that when you look at what the scheduling of a movie takes, you know, what, what it takes to schedule a movie, how a booking of a theater works, when those times can actually get released, when is a, you know, movie actually done in its initial release. So I just wanted to give kind of a 101, a very basic bare bones level understanding of that. And so that is indeed also something that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, before, going any further, before going any further, though, Slip over my words once again. Please make sure you smash that like button, light up that fire button on Odyssey, and smash the rumble button as well. And also, please make sure you share this stream out with your friends because we have a lot to talk about. And sharing the video out helps the algorithms, especially in the midst of just how crappy services like YouTube and others that don't do notifications all that well <laughs> tend, tend to actually be. Uh, so again, I just want to say a thank you to everyone out there who is watching and who has been so supportive of the channel. And uh, I would be remiss if I did not also mention the fact that this is episode 475 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast. Also insane that we have been uh, going this long with, with the live streams. Kind of crazy to think now that we're you know, multiple years into the live streaming game. We've seen a lot of changes over the years. We've seen a lot of ups and a lot of downs. But many of you have been here from the very beginning. And so let's go ahead and just say hello to some of those people. But before I do that, I did also want to try to point out that, hey, if you have not already seen the interview that I was very, uh, very humbled to be asked to appear on for the show Poor Choices. So Geeks and Gamers presents Poor Choices. This is a show that is very, very well done, very entertaining. 
Uh, also, very, I, th- I think the word for it would be relaxing. It's not your typical fare of people yelling at each other, getting angry. It's, it's just more of this casual conversation over a glass of wine or a- other beverage. Uh, for someone like me who does not drink, I had a nice water uh, to accompany me, but I was uh, joined by the amazing host, uh, Tugs and the X-Ray Girl, who uh, are, are in charge of the show or the host of that show. And I had a darn good time talking with them, uh, you know, talking about my own uh, history in dating, talking about my own history as, as, as a father, because I, I got kids. So I talk about that with them also. So if you have not had a chance to check out that yet, it did go live about an hour ago. And so I, I think we went a little over an hour, maybe hour 15, hour 20. So at the very least, at the end of the stream, if you have the time, put that in your to-watch list and check it out. Drop a like on that. And again, shout out to Poor Choices. Shout out to Tugs and to X-Ray Girl, who are uh, who are amazing. And I love those kinds of conversations because I think it, it helps us to better understand and to know other things about e- each other. Things that maybe we didn't know before, things we didn't realize before. And so it's kind of a nice not necessarily behind the scenes, but definitely a nice lowering of the curtain that can sometimes separate um, us or, or perceivably separate us and to know, hey, we got a lot of things in common about a lot of things we didn't even realize. So with all that being said, now we can head into the chat. We got Mr. Roy, who was here at 626. What's going on, Mr. Roy? Uh, Tina B, Empress of the Universe. What's going on, Tina? Saying, hello, Mr. Roy. I can see your name. Says, I don't know if I'll be around for the show or not, but Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I'll try to return later if I get a moment. Well, Tina, I don't know if you are still around in live chat or not, but thank you for stopping by nonetheless. Hopefully things are going well with you. And this is indeed going to be the last OMB review stream before Christmas. So a early Merry Christmas to everyone. We are still in the midst of Advent, though, so we're still not quite at, at, at the Christmas blessings yet. Um, I do want to say, and I, of course, will remind you all of next Tuesday where I should theoretically be able to have a show. Obviously, it's going to be at that moment, a couple days after Christmas. And so there is always the chance that I will be, you know, crazy running around with family. Uh, but uh, just remember, the 12 days of Christmas are those days between Christmas and the Feast of the Epiphany, January 6th. Um, and I just think it's important for us to always remember the reason for the season. So absolutely an early Merry Christmas to all. Uh, low Watermark just dropped a fitty. Low Watermark. Holy cow, brother. Let me go ahead and see if I can skip to that. There we go. Low Watermark dropping a 50. He dropped a $50 super chat. A super chat. Low watermark, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're always so incredibly generous, dude. And uh, no message attached here. I'll, I'll look out for another message in the chat once I get back to that point. But seriously, dude, thank you for always being so generous and for always having my back and always being so supportive. Uh, Dan Crane, who's a member at the Citizen of Asgard level, has been a member for 19 months in a row. Thank you very much. Mr. Roy, who is a chosen of Valhalla member. Mr. Roy, does that mean that uh, you switched from, where was it? Was I think I was on Subscribestar. Because, yeah, I know Subscribestar is not the best platform to keep up with the various things over there. I try to update. I try to get notifications out as best I can. But, you know, it's, it's a nice alternative. But I definitely know it's not nearly as polished of a platform as some of the others. Uh, but anyway, Mr. Roy, thank you very much for becoming a member at the Chosen of Valhalla uh, member level. You are still already a member still, so you are enjoying those perks perks already. But now you get access to the YouTube uh, playlist, the YouTube members section. 
And that, of course, will allow you to get access to a plethora of other content. All right. All right, let me go back to where I was in the chat before I before I get ahead of myself. Let's see. Print Screen is in the chat. What's going on, Print Screen? Keely Chow in the chat. What is going on? Thanks for being here. Also, for helping out, for helping out my my, my king mod, uh, Orange Hat Reviews. Sorry, the man with Orange Hat, as I like to say. And tell everybody, it's a, it's a family show. All right, it's a family show. It's a family chat. Saying, how are you, Thor, Freya, and Baby Sif doing? Uh, we're all doing great. Uh, Baby Sif had her first uh, visit to one of the uh, the daycares. So, the same place where, where Baby Thor is at. Um, there's an opening in that. And if anyone's ever done daycare before, you know, oh my goodness, it can just, you know, it could be crazy uh, trying to get spots, right? You, you actually have to apply before you've even given birth. Like, so at, at one point in your pregnancy, basically, you have to start the process of applying because that's how, especially the good ones, how long it can take to get into some of these, um, some of these different places. So we were very lucky because having baby Thor there means getting any siblings there is a lot easier. You kind of get to, you know, not, not necessarily like jump the line completely, but you definitely get preferential treatment because you already have a kid there. And so they know you, they, they can trust you. There's that whole dynamic of it. And so I do, I really appreciate that. But we had our first visit today because uh, she's going to start going in January. Uh, let's see. Great Wuda. Time to say, I'm going to watch Silent Night after this live stream. Yeah, I mean, uh, everything about it just seems very gimmicky to me. I'm not a John Woo fan either. So take that for what it is. But I understand why some people might enjoy that stuff. Kinkane Rumshki hanging out over on Rumble. Kinkane Rumshki. Holding down the fort over there. Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington says over 100 critic lists and lovingly. Oh, man. Seriously, Gary, Gary Banjo. I'm loving it, too. Yeah, I'm also at the over 100 reviews there. You get a special badge. You get badges for, for a lot of fun stuff. There's uh, things you have to kind of like uh, hunt for, like Easter eggs on the site, too. So that's another dynamic of it that's a lot of fun. It's actually so much fun, and I've, I've talked about it so much. My wife even asked me, like, hey, uh, you know, basically, like, a little bit, trying to find out a bit more about the platform and everything. She's now on it. She, she is now on it. Uh, and, and I've shouted her out on the Criticless platform. But if you want to see what Freya, the Lady Freya, the one that y'all always hear about, don't see as much. Uh, but she has, of course, made appearances here and there over the course of the last several years. But she is on Critic List, and she's posting reviews. She's actually posting reviews like a madwoman. I love it. It's actually uh, been a really cool thing for us because it's motivated. It was already motivating me to see more movies, but now it's motivating her, too. And she's very excited when she gets to be the first to review a film that she either really loves or uh, just in general, like, to be the first to review a, a movie on the platform because we are kind of at that ground floor, right? We're the, the first people, you know, who are testing out. If you have not checked out Critic List, I highly recommend it. There's a bunch of people in here. Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington's one of them. Laura Shorty Short also has been posting a bunch recently. I love that too. Uh, I, check, I definitely recommend checking it out though. Definitely do. Kimberly G, Killian, and Shadow Cat. What's going on, Kimberly G? Welcome back, and thanks for being a member on the channel. Laura, the Modern Major General story. Says, finally watched Willem Dafoe's Shadow of the Vampire last night. I'm not sure if it was a comedy or a horror, but it was extremely entertaining. Well, hey, isn't that what we all really want in a movie? To be entertained? Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington says, Happy holidays to you and all here in the chat. Yes, indeed, a blessed season of Advent and, and, and a blessed future Christmas. And Happy New Year, of course. Let's see. Tomorrow, lad, what's going on? Welcome back. Saying, was just watching your dad cast. Those are so good. They really are. I 
uh, before going on to that dad cast, I, cause we had to pre-record it because obviously my schedule is, is crazy and it ended up working out very well with, with their schedules too, uh, to, to film it when we did. And I had been listening in preparation just to kind of get a better idea of, uh, of just how it's structured and things like that. Cause I can barely keep up with most content put out by, by people that I like and people that I love and that, that I, you know, really want to support as best I can. It's a lot harder, especially when, when you've got kids and when you've got younger kids and they're on certain schedules. But I, I got to be about I think halfway through Valiant Renegade's stream and uh, and the episode he was on. And it was just so much fun. So I was already looking forward to it for that reason. Obviously, I have always been big fans of, of X-Ray Girl. X-Ray Girl on Friday Night Tights and, uh, of course, uh, a Tugs, you know, part of Geeks and Gamers. And it's, it's always great whenever I get to meet them at the, the various meetups. I want to say I've seen at least one, if not both of them. I think I've seen Tugs at every meetup I've gone to, or at least it seems like I have. Uh, whether it's the, I think it was more so the Texas one that I was able to. But they're just amazing people. And when you get to meet them in real life too, you're like, oh, n- now I realize that, no, this is actually who you are in real life too. And it's always good to have that. It's always good to, to be able to see that and you know, grow in your appreciation and love of those people. Forever Sci-Fi, who's a member, what is going on? Uh, Great Wood, I don't know if I had shouted you out yet or not, but I'm going to shout you out again, even if I have. Keck44, who's a member as well. Thank you very much for being here. Ikthulu, who's a member. Odin Chat, good evening and happy holidays to all. You need a blessed Advent season. Heartbreak Ridge, who is a member. Hail to you. Ricky Bobby, what's up, Ricky Bobby? How's it going? We got Master of Gaming in the chat. What's going on? By the way, this does remind me, because I remember he had asked some questions. The latest, uh, and when I say latest, I mean not only most recent, but also it was very late. It's It's been a few months since I've done a, a premium podcast for my channel members, but that podcast that I was able to do with the lovely Michelle of Force of Light Entertainment is now live. It went live, I think, last night, and it's an hour and 20 minutes or so of us talking about movies from 2023, our favorite movies, movies that maybe we weren't as crazy about, and just a a mix of plethora, a plethora of other things. And at the very end, we even go through the year of 2023, looking at all the titles and leaving comments along the way. It's a very good conversation, a good time. And again, I always got to give props to Michelle for for putting up with my crazy schedules and for always being willing to, to come on. So check that out. If you are a member on the YouTube channel, if you're a member on uh, Subscribestar, Patreon, wherever you are, just go to your, you know, go to the post, go to the place that you see any type of community post on YouTube members, right? It's going to be in the actual community membership section and uh, check it out. You should also get access to the entire playlist that only members get access to. And so check out all of the episodes from previous guests and previous years. It's, it's quite a collection of episodes. I would say it's hundreds of hours of content. I say that, I can't confirm that, but it's got to be up there at this point. All right, see, Cthulhu, it looks like the best comedy of the past five years. What are your thoughts on American fiction releasing this week? I know nothing about it. I've heard some people say some pretty positive things. I think that there's some comments that it, it seems to almost parody some of the nonsense that we see in today's world. It was it was being used, I think, in the same breath as Dream Scenario with, with Nicolas Cage. Uh, you know, in that movie, it goes after cancel culture quite a bit. This one, it sounded like it kind of goes after something else. Whether it does or not, I don't know. The people involved, obviously, would, would have me hesitant to say that 
that it would be actually a, quote, based movie. But I, I've heard good things. So it's on my radar. Um, I'm right now excited because I have my tickets this Thursday. The biggest movie to come out this December, this month, and one of the biggest films this year. And you've probably never even heard about it unless you're either a wrestling fan, a Zac Efron fan, or just a movie fan and see a lot of trailers. And that's The Iron Claw. So whereas many other members of the Friday Night Tights, my, my brethren of Friday Night Tights, are going to be going to the theater to go watch the Aquaman movie after having or before having watched whatever the atrocity of what Rebel Moon is going to ultimately be. Uh, I do not want to watch that, but I, at the very least, we'll watch Rebel Moon um, because I had a choice. It was like, look, my son's off from daycare on Friday, so that means I'm not going to have the ability to go out and see something in the morning like I, I normally would. And I had the choice. Do I go to see The Iron Claw with Zac Efron, with Zephron, who's jacked out of his mind and, and is uh, it's about wrestling and, and le- wrestling legends in the industry, and it looks awesome to boot? Or do I see Aquaman, which looks like it's going to be terrible and I have no interest in seeing it whatsoever? I decided to go with The Iron Claw, and I'm excited. It's, it's one of my most anticipated films it's really the only film I have any anticipation about that has yet to come out this year. So, Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby says, you look better bald, dude. Well, thank you. I, I guess that is, uh, I guess that's supposed to be a compliment of sorts. <laughs> Let's see. Print screen. Odin, are you looking forward to The Beekeeper? And yes and no. Isn't that, isn't that getting a January release? I know, I know I've seen the trailer. It's Jason Statham doing Jason Statham things. And so those are always like, eh, it's either going to be hit or miss. There's sometimes when Jason Statham is in a perfect role for the role that he always plays. And there's other times where it just gets very, you know, very old, very, very quickly. So, um, yeah. But in general, I'm definitely more interested than not. Keely Chow says in my Scott Steiner voice, the numbers don't lie. And it spells disaster for Disney. It's really bad. I mean, and I've said that before about other studios. In fact, I've said that about Disney in in the past, in previous years. But I don't think I've ever seen a box office just like what we've seen with this one. When we talk about a movie, a studio rather, and here's, the I think, the most impressive thing of all, or really also the darkest thing of all of it. They did not have a single movie from any of their studios and here I'm talking about Disney proper, uh, Marvel, MCU stuff, 20th Century Studios, any of those releases, not a single one of them released theatrically, made any profit. With the one exception being Guardians, but even Guardians, if the budget is higher than what was being presented, which it could be, and if the marketing budget especially is higher than what the typical standard is, then any of those potential profits get whittled down quite quite a bit. And we'll we'll bring that chart up again because I, I know I talked about that in previous videos, but yeah. See, Mr. Roy confirming it. Indeed, I'm moving my subscription from Subscribestar to YouTube. I don't blame you. Uh, I really wish Subscribestar would... It, it, honestly, it seems like Subscribestar has gotten to the point where it, it became that alternative, right? As soon as Patreon started to, to cancel people, it became this alternative... But then it just stopped innovating. Like, Subscribestar has been the exact same for years now. And there is that comfort level where you know where things are and, and things are looking very familiar. 
but at the same time, it's never really looked great or polished. And so when you're not going to even try to make that better, and then they already very early on also got destroyed in the ability to actually utilize PayPal as well. It, it, yeah, it becomes a harder sell, um, especially now in the and that time when it really kind of came to prominence, it was one of the only things doing it. it was one of the only sources. Now there are so many alt tech platforms that offer not just similar, but even better services. So, yeah. All right, we got Orange Chat saying, also, Odin just saw Godzilla Minus One. That film was very good. Well-written, great effects. Some, not so much, but still, that movie was great. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the effects aren't perfect. I think that there are definitely some critiques. And when I say the movie's fantastic and one of the best films of the year and well worth the hype, at no point am I saying it's a perfect movie. Those, those movies really don't exist. Even one of my favorite films of all time, Casablanca, all-time classic, all-time favorite movie. I, I can easily point to a clear scene that makes me cringe, but it makes me cringe in the best way because it makes me laugh. And that is the scenes where they show Rick driving the car with the very clear <laughs> fake background and all of the images are fading from one scene to the next, right? They're on a, a mountain and now they're in a city and now they're here, now they're there, but nothing in the car is changing. So it's the background scenery. And it's like, okay, it's cheesy. It looks silly. No movie's perfect. Even even your favorite film ever is going to have those kind of flaws. And so Godzilla Minus One is no exception. And it's not even at that level, right? It's my favorite movie or one of my favorite movies, I should say, of 2023. But it does have problems. All right, Master of Gaming says, Wonka, despite being a musical, is doing well for itself. West Side Story in The Heights, Dear Evan Hansen, did poorly in 2021. I, I mean, I think that the benefit to Wonka being a musical is that, well, think about the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in many ways was a musical. There are several musical numbers in, in that film. And though I do enjoy most of the original songs from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, I will say most. There's one song that I think anyone who's honest and most people I honestly believe in their hearts would admit is is a garbage song and one of the worst songs. And let's be honest, people, we skip it every time the movie plays. And that is Cheer Up, Charlie. Cheer up, Charlie. And then there I am like, please stop singing. <laughs> so, so because we do have the, that pedigree, right, of it being a musical, and even the Giant Depp version reboot thing, atrocity, Oh gosh, so many things about that movie. Even that one had had various musical numbers too. Um, so I'm not really all that surprised. So though I mentioned that because because that's where it's coming from, that film not nearly going to be as impacted as more dedicated. Because the other thing too we have to remember: West Side Story, Broadway musical adaptation; In the Heights, Broadway musical adaptation; Dear Evan Hansen, Broadway musical adaptation. Wonka, adapted from a book. Obviously, there's the previous movie and the songs, and I believe the songs are even referenced in, or the lyrics at the very least are, men are mentioned in various ways in the books. Uh, I have actually never read the books myself. But very, I think, different. And I think that's also to help explain why that film is doing better. Budgets are another big part of it, too. 
Dan Crane, who's a member, says, Merry Christmas, Odin, and the family of Odin. God's blessings and a happy new year, 2024. Insane that we're about to enter 2024. Goodness gracious. Master of Gaming says, Some reason, or it's the same reason why Ticket to Paradise did well despite rom-coms do poorly nowadays. Yeah, you obviously with movies like that, you have big name actors in it that do still have some pull, but it really comes down to budgets. Really comes down to to budgets, you know? And and appealing to just enough people. All right, Kaylee Chow had to say, you are the Heath Slater of Geeks and Gamers the same way Jeremy is the CM Punk of Geeks and Gamers. You know, it's funny about that too because in many ways I am the CM Punk of, of Geeks and Gamers because I am also straight edge. Uh, just like with Jeremy too, I, I don't drink, I, I don't smoke, I don't do uh, drugs. So, And I've been straight edge for, for the vast majority of my life. Um, and it, it's it's something that's very important. And so that's why, you know, especially when I was very much into wrestling, watching it all the time, um, you know, I try to keep up with it as much as I can nowadays. But when I was especially into it, that was like a character where I'm like, oh man, you know how a lot of modern writers try to write themselves into their, into their stories and they do it in a poor way because of wrestling being what it is, where a lot of, a lot of the times the, the actual performers, the actual wrestlers have some input into their characters. That's a part of who he actually is as a real person. And I appreciated seeing myself in that way. So I, I appreciated that. All right, we'll get through one more comment, and then we'll jump into our first bit of story tonight. Thank you all again for being here. And again, smash that like button, light up that fire button, Aussie as well. We got 44 people are watching on YouTube. Seriously, thank you all very much for doing so. If you are watching, uh, whether you are just watching because it's something you do every single week, whether you're prepping for or getting ready to go over to Tuesday, night, Tuesday night's main event, um, or if you are in any way associated with seeing the interview that I was, uh, again, very humbled to be invited to with Poor Choices for Geeks and Gamers. Um, thank you all again for being here. But Forever Sci-Fi, before we jump back into our stories, or jump into our stories, let's give Odin a hard time on this one. What do you think of the latest nonsense from the Pope? Oh, Forever Sci-Fi. I'm honestly surprised that it took that long for that comment to pop up. I've been, oh man, I have been tagged in this on, on, on Twitter ever since it happened, all right? And this is not a dedicated uh, open forum. I haven't had one of those in a while. I definitely will at some point have another open forum because it's usually more appropriate for that. This is also not a dedicated theology channel either, so I know some people just don't care about this whatsoever. But people do know I am very openly a devout Catholic, I am very passionate about my faith. It's something that's very important to me. It's it's a part of the work that I do in my life as well. And so what I'll say, and I'll try to be as limited as I can with it, is one, don't buy what the mainstream media is spinning about this story. Because what the media is doing is pushing a story that is actually not true. The media would have you believe that the church's teachings have changed on marriage. Point of fact that not only has not happened, but objectively speaking, it will never happen. It, it actually can't happen. We're, we're talking about theological and philosophical truths that are rooted in natural law, that are rooted in eternal law, and therefore, no matter what anyone says, not even a pope, can change said teachings. So that's the first thing. The media's story and the media's spin on this is not true. 
It is their spinning of this narrative that's being perpetuated. So that is a truth right there. The media is lying about it. But it, what is also true is that this document that's been issued by the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith, which is used to be the Holy Office, used to be the, the, the crux of answering doctrinal questions, questions of doctrine, clarifica- clarifications on teaching, this office has fallen quite by the wayside over this, this pontificate of, of Pope Francis. This document, which also has the approval of the Pope, it is also true, though it does not change church teaching like it ever could, it also is clearly ambiguous, clearly using confusing language. For those that are missing it, it's all about can someone who, in the eyes of the church, who is living in sin, receive a blessing without there being any clarification of whether the blessing being given is for the person's betterment. So basically, it is so wishy-washy in its language, there are don't there are absolutely going to be some rogue priests who are already heterodox, who are already, you know, not really a part of the faith anymore, and it's that's a big problem in and of itself, who will take this and will read into it and will offer blessings to relationships that the church does not deem to be so. Now, again, not going into it further than that because it's really not the time or the place. Um, or, or the channel for that kind of discussion. But obviously, that's the church's view, and it's not just the church's view. It's something that's rooted in the very uh, teachings of what we find in the words of Christ and Scripture throughout the Old and New Testament as well. But the point is, is that, one, the mainstream media is spinning lies. The church's teaching has not actually changed. But two, the document that was issued does indeed create a lot of confusion, which is why it makes sense that mainstream media outlets have spun this narrative into something that's not actually true. So it's a problem in both ways. It's a problem with the media, who saw blood in the water and obviously took advantage of it, and it's also a problem in the Vatican. Because the Pope right now, Pope Francis, has not been healthy for the church, especially for my doctrinal position. There has been, there's never been, I think, in modern times, more confusion over what the church teaches, over what morality is in the church than there has been under this pontificate. And that's a big problem, and it needs to be addressed. And so that's why ultimately what I will say is I hope and pray for the Holy Father, and I will try to continue to bring my prayers for his the conversion of his heart. And, uh, and obviously, none of this could happen unless it was through divine providence, unless it is something that God allowed to happen for some other purpose, right? Because even out of evil, good can rise. And so all I can do is hope and pray that either I can see or be part of the good that can come from it. So anyway, that's that that that's all I really want to say about that. But let's now dive into it again. Apologies if I went on longer than what I had initially anticipated. But first things first, let's talk about Disney. All right. So first off, shout out to John F. Trent. He is now over at thatparkplace.com. So the former editor-in-chief over at Bowding into Comics, has has now taken on the reins of this this, this great place associated with WW Pro, and just, again, very, very uh, cool to see the directions that it's going. We're, we're told in the new year we're going to get kind of like a new interface. There's going to be some updates, so I'm very excited to see what is ultimately going to be planned for this. But he actually took the video that I made this past weekend and was able to make an article, and so I just always appreciate when he is is able to give credit uh, 
when, when I give these videos. And also, it just makes me feel good because it's like, here I am, just a random dude on the internet who found a passion for talking about this stuff. And, and the fact that people not only listen to what I have to say, but even will, you know, add further context and, and create news articles around it is just amazing to me. So, anyway. Uh, some of the things that he mentions, though, from the video that I made, right, he says... Um, that he went on to assert, he's talking about me here, uh, close to $1.5 billion just in the last 20, year 2023 and just based off of theatrical, the numbers we currently have available to us. Uh, and he again, gives a good breakdown. So if you're someone that you don't like necessarily listening to uh, content or watching content and would rather read, you can look into this uh, yourself. It says, after adjusting his chart to having the studio take 50% of the box office haul, he revealed if you take that into account, when you look at that, you go all the way to $1.2 in financial losses. And so that, of course, is all based off of the video from this past Sunday, the box office breakdown, where I brought up this chart here. Now, I'm starting off with the insanity chart. So this was the chart I made where I'm like, okay, let's assume we have the 55% cut that studios get from the domestic, the 40% roughly cut they get from international uh, without China, and then from China, if they have a release there, the 25% cut that the studio gets. And these were the numbers that we were able to actually develop, right? And that was that you're looking at around $250 million worth of losses for Wish, Massive, massive losses there. You look at $240 million losses for the Marvels. $74 million for the Creator. Again, this was underneath the Disney brand under the 20th Century Studios brand. Haunting of Venice lost $39 million. Haunted Mansion lost $168 million. Indiana Jones Doll Destiny. Now, this is an interesting one because there are many who speculate that the budget for this film is actually a lot higher. Um, but you look at that, and it's $271 million in losses. Elemental, $84 million in losses. Boogeyman, a small-budgeted movie, in fact, still ended up losing $13 million. You look at The Little Mermaid. Remember, that film did very well down the stretch, or did better than expected. Still $178 million in losses. And then you have the one positive, the only thing not in red on this chart, which is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 at $3.9 million in net gain profit. Now that is using the reported $250 million budget and a typical marketing budget, which is if you look, if basically if you're looking for how much the total spend on any movie is, both uh, production budget and marketing, you take that production budget, multiply it by 1.5, that's typically what's spent. You spend $100 on your production budget, usually with that kind of money, you're going to spend an extra 50 to promote it. That, that's been the standard for a long time. We also know, though, in modern Hollywood, there are many films that go far past this number. And so there are some that have pointed out saying, well, actually, you know what? The total cost for some of these movies are probably even a lot higher because they actually spent 1.6 times their budget when all is said and done. Or they spent, in one case, 1.75 times their budget. I think especially with even a film like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the, the marketing budget for that movie, I believe, was actually a lot higher than what the typical spend on that film would be. So even though I'm taking the production budgets and I'm taking the marketing that is typical, not the actual marketing, even with that, you still get $1.4 in losses. And again, if you're wondering, okay, you know, what's the actual cuts going on? 
Remember, total box office for Wish, $126 million. $51 million of that came from the domestic. $50 million came from international without China. $5 million from China. And again, these were as of the other day. So some of these mothers, uh, some of these numbers may have adjusted since then. But if you take that into account, that leaves you with $250 million in losses. Whew. And also $1.4 billion in losses. So if you instead don't break it down by, by region, so instead of doing the, the 55, 40, 25, instead you just were to say, how about it's just 50 across the board? Make it simple. All right. In that case, you're still looking at around $1.2 billion in, in, in losses there. All right. With $132 million being what Guardians, Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy's take ends up being. So as you can see, right, even in that best case scenario, you're still talking about over $200 million, over $200 million several times over. And even the lower budgeted movies still not being able to actually make their money back. Now, what gets even better, though, remember, some of these numbers are going to get updated. There's one I'm pretty confident about because there's been some reporting on it that Indiana Jones actually probably costs $400 million at least. Guess what? That brings your overall losses, if that's the case, to $1.5 billion, assuming a production or a marketing budget in that instance of, of around $200 million. If you were to take into account that maybe Guardians ended up having a maybe 1.6 times its budget spend, now you're still up to not only $1.579 billion, but also, guess what? The only movie you had that made money on paper is now losing. So, best case scenario, Disney made money on one movie this year from their major studios. And in a worst case, much more likely scenario, much more realistic actually, when everything is said and done scenario, none of their movies made any money. None of their theatrical releases. And the other thing too, to always keep in mind with these numbers, these don't include Disney+. Plus. And Disney Plus right now is really a black hole. Think about how many millions of dollars they've spent on all of their streaming shows. We already know they spent at least $100 million on that Peter Pan and Wendy film that, that went straight to Disney Plus that nobody saw, that no one cared about. So you, you take the massive losses theatrically, you add that to the massive losses in their streaming services. Oh boy. I hope we can see why now. If us talking about 1.5 billion is bad, but you know what? There is absolutely a situation where we see closer to $2 billion in losses just from their theatrical. <sighs> Couldn't happen to a nicer company. Couldn't happen to a nicer company. But again, shout out to John F. Trent for covering that bit of news. I know that Valiant Renegade is working on his own video with that too, and I'm sure he's going to have a lot more up-to-date numbers, but I've already talked to him about it, and he says, you know what? It, it sounds it sounds pretty much on what, what he's seeing too. So I think both of us are going to have a number around that $1.5 billion in losses. I can't wait to actually look further into the marketing budgets because that, I think, is going to make things blow up quite a bit. Because they spend way too much on marketing. All right, back in the chat. It's 727 in the chat, so I'm about 30 minutes behind, as usual. So please don't double post and be patient. If 
you want to jump the line, you can try to super chat or donate via Streamlabs if you do that. YouTube ain't getting none of that. And it does help to support the channel, and I appreciate it. But uh, we got Greta. Xander, what's going on, Greta? Greta! What's up? Says, hey, Odin, everyone just stopping by to say hi. Make more videos, Greta. I know that you're, I know that you're busy. I know you're busy. But make more videos. I miss the, the, the Hollywood history content. Big Metroid fan, what is going on? Remember, if you have a comment or question that you want me to read, put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. Ikthulu, LOL, your wife asked about your obsession for Criticalist because you have a problem, and she wants to hold an intervention. And then she joined the platform and has since been adding her own reviews. What does that say? <laughs> All right. Kinkane Rumsky on Rumble. What's up, Rumble fam? Says, will your wife's reviews be under General Wingster on Criticalist? Ha. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. No, over there, it's at third or nothing. At third or nothing. Check it out. She's got great stuff already. Uh, Steven, tagged to say, will you be seeing Wonka? If so, will you be reviewing it and posting a review video before Christmas? I want to be sure if it's worth seeing or not. I would first, Steven, say go to criticalist.com. It is a great Rotten Tomatoes alternative, even though it's got less users. And actually, to be honest, that makes it better because... The people on there, I can say, are real people. Uh, you know, when it comes to Rotten Tomatoes, whether you're looking at the positives or the negatives, there's a lot of question marks as to who is real and who's not. And what's great also about Criticalist is that there are so many different aspects to just a review. It's not just posting a, a, a number. It's not just even posting words of a review. There's also a way for you to dial in rating whether there's politics, whether there's language, what kind of language. Is it family-friendly? Is it not family-friendly? Um, what kind of sexuality or nudity is in it, right? There's all these different things you can dial in to give. And what's great is that if you have even just a few people who are fully submitting their reviews and going through those different things, it helps out tremendously because you say, oh, okay, I don't like movies that have sexuality. Oh, this film, th this one reviewer, these two reviewers, in fact, actually agree and say that there is a lot. And some of them might even mention some of the things to, to be worried about. So I think... I would recommend that. Uh, I think that what we're actually seeing from that right now is, I think, going to you know probably help you in determining that. Because remember, right? Don't don't let me be the end all be all to to anything as far as your reviews. Because sometimes I'm not going to be able to see everything. Uh, it's on my radar of things to watch. I, I don't have a strong desire to actually see it though. Um, but. Let me pull this up for y'all. So here, so Steven, to answer your question, here's what the Criticalist community is saying. So, so far, seven people in the Criticalist community have seen it. And the average rating is that they think it's rad. So about a 6.2 out of 10, 62%. Uh, the two people that I have in my friends with benefits, which is like people you trust, people that you think uh, their, their views align most with yours um, at 30, 38%. But this is one where there really isn't a lot of data for that uh, friends with benefits one to to be very accurate but let me just go through a couple right so first off you have jeremy uh jeremy ryan turner who gave it a 59 percent decent saying i honestly was expecting very little but ended up being pleasantly surprised there are some pacing issues at times but all in all it was a very nice spiritual spiritual successor prequel to the 71 original there are a slew of homage to that film including one at the end that hit me in the feels i, I don't I'm I'm not going to read it anymore because I don't I don't think he's going to go into spoilers because you can label your review spoilers too, um, which can help. But that already, even though they only gave it a 
right? Even though they gave it a decent rating, that, that sounds very fair. It says, okay, there sounds like there's some technical stuff and some technical issues, but to hear that it's a, it's a nice spiritual successor sounds like it's honoring the source material. Makes it sound like it might be worth it. Uh, Matt Lemer put an 80% most excellent said uh, needs more needs more Matt Lucas. Uh, another rad from uh, seven S seven year locust. I don't particularly like musicals and I, it's probably been 25 years since I saw the original Willy Wonka. So I was kind of dreading this. I ended up enjoying it quite a bit. It's charming with some decent performances and musical numbers. I suspect fans of the original will get a lot more of the references than I did. That makes me happy to see. Uh, Kimmy, Kat- uh, Kimmy Katiti, she's very active in the Salt and Nerd community. This movie surprised me. It was good, and it exceeded my low expectations significantly. I am not Wonka's intended audience. This movie is for kids. So my rating has taken that factor into consideration. Regardless, it was decent enough for me to follow along. So, And that's actually something I've heard quite a bit, that it's really meant for kids. And because it's really meant for kids, it is not going to um, please everybody, right? That anyone who does not like kid or kid-centric stories may not like it or come away with it. Uh, our very own Laura, the Mod Major General, left a review saying it was decent. Silly and energetic, this movie would probably be very entertaining for kids. Same thing. But the story makes no sense and the songs aren't very good. Timothy Chalamet is extremely likable and really threw himself into the role, but the script just isn't good enough. And again, this is also one of the reasons why I trust Laura because she is always honest with her thoughts and always honest with her with her overall critiques. So I I, I do honestly think, I, I look at these numbers here and I think most people are saying it's either rad or decent. You do have one that said it was bogus, but this is the podcast. I think this is probably Brian from the podcast, Salty Saturday Morning, and, and he was a, a little bit salty with this one. Says, ever wonder about Willy Wonka's past? Film Industry Logic says, hey, let's do a prequel, and voila, Wonka arrives just in time for Christmas. Title Creativity wasn't their strong suit. Directed by Paul King, the dude behind Paddington 2, had the budget to do whatever he pleased with Willy Wonka. Sweet. Uh, Let's see. Sweet, right? Instead of the obvious factory building tale, Wonka explores young uh, Willy, played by Timothy Chalamet, trying to open a chocolate shop in a kind of British, kind of American city during the mid-20th century era. Willie's job in a laundromat, giraffes, streetwise t- uh, sidekicks, and comical bad guys sprinkle in colorful costumes, wacky inventions, and loads of wordplay. The film's got a bit of everything. So it just sounds like it really wasn't his cup of tea, and I would imagine it's probably because it seems like it is more for a kid and younger demographic and audience. So anyway, if I do see it, I might not actually have the energy to do a video review. That's why I've been doing a lot of my legwork on reviews over on Critic List because of just how much you can actually do to dial in your reviews. Um, so check them out over there if you want to stay up to date with the things that I am watching. All right, back over into the YouTube comments and also other platforms as well. We also have our Odyssey fam up and our and our, and our Rumble fam up as well. Let me also just double uh, make sure that that is... See, Smarticus over on Odyssey, what's going on? What is going on? Let me see if that is popping up in the regular chat. It is, there it is, boom. Good to see. Love to see it. We should also be live on, on Twitter, on X. So hello, people. I can't wait for better integration uh, with that because right now the process is still pretty pretty uh, difficult. I see. Hardwick, I've also seen Shadow of the Vampire. It's great. It might be one of the foes' greatest performance. It helps to have seen the original Nosferatu to get the references. Wayward Noodle, what's going on? Thanks for being a member saying, happy holidays to you in the chat. Absolutely. Blessed Advent. 
Or sci-fi, I wonder if companies like Disney were promised something in return for all the money they are burning pushing the agenda. If they were, I don't know what they could be doing. Harwick says, do you know that the term based originated as a reference to free-based cocaine? <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, Matt Vader 74. Oh, man. It's Matt Vader. Watch it, Odin. Oh, you watch it, Matt. All right. You watch it, good sir. Just because you're a shill for the MonsterVerse, which is a full of just crap movies, and didn't appreciate Godzilla Minus One as much as you know that you should have. <laughs> Shout out to Matt Vader. Much love to him. Uh, he is one of my brothers from the Salty pa- Salty Nerd Podcast. Uh, I do the Salty Saturdays with him every week, and it's a ton of fun. Uh, so shout out to Matt Vader. Amber Shamerpot, who's a member, says, Iron Claw, I hate making choices since mine are usually wrong. Yeah, uh, for me, it's pretty clear. Iqthulu says, it's not the Iron Sheik and the story of the unstoppable camel clutch. I'll pass on that movie. Bro. It's about, is it the, the Von Eriks? It's about like one of the strongest wrestling families that existed at that time. KK Rumsky says, between Rebel Moon and Aquaman, I can already see where this is going. Between Rebel Moon and Aquaman, are you yearning for the days of the Meg 2? <laughs> oh, man. I still haven't seen the Meg 2. I still don't want to see the Meg 2. <laughs> but uh, sure. Yeah, I would much rather go and watch the Meg 2 than watch either Rebel Moon or Aquaman. Let's see. Guy in the chat. Will you watch Percy Jackson? Probably not. Gary Banjo Sandwich says, Odin won a $25 Latino slant Fandango cinema voucher today. If you can't use it in the UK, we'll give it to you to use when he gets around to posting it to email me. Oh, well, thank you, Gary Banjo Sandwich. I appreciate that. Shout out to Latino slant. Yeah, I hope that you're able to use it. I know that there are sometimes those issues that happen when you are getting certain, especially digital gifts, I know that that happens a lot where, for instance, any of the digital any of the digital codes I have using the Movies Anywhere app, they're usually exclusive to North America, unfortunately. Um, that's why if I've ever done giveaways, anytime it's physical media, I try to always say, hey, I will ship internationally. But I always add the caveat of, hey, the, the Blu-ray disc that I have may not actually be um, for all regions. So I'm not doing one yet, but for instance, I have this one. Because somehow I think I think I saw someone had this on their list, or it just seemed really intriguing. It's a film from 2016 called The Wailing. Um, it sounds really interesting. It's apparently a supernatural thriller, so I'm kind of hesitant because I don't like those supernatural type films. But it seemed like it was much more focused on the actual like psychological dimension of of the story. But for instance, if I ever gave this one away, I would say just keep in mind that this is a region A. Uh, film, at least for the Blu-ray. I think 4K. I don't think there's regions for 4K. If I'm, if I'm not, Mr. Roy, if you're in the chat, I know that you know a lot more about this than I do. I'm pretty sure 4K is still a universal standard. However, the Blu-ray they code it in these different regions, which drives me nuts. Um, but I would be like, hey, this is region A. Uh, there are some, however, that are you know all regions. I do have a couple of uh, Blu-rays here. Let me see if I can find one as an example. Ah, uh, yeah, so I also got a review copy of Dumb Money. Oh, man, this movie, I wanted to love this movie. I really, really did. I, I, I thought the whole GameStop uh, story 
would, would be very compelling. And as soon as they announced that Paul freaking Dana was in the movie, I, I was I was already like done. I got to see it. And then the movie is just a poor man's version of better films like Wolf of Wall Street and, and probably even more so The Big Short. Those films are infinitely better than this one. This this film, honestly, it just feels like a, a complete ripoff as far as the style. And it's clear the people behind this project are much more focused on the wrong kind of messaging versus what is actually represented by this this story in particular. The, the choice of casting, I think, was also very clear. But this movie has, at the very bottom, ABC. And that ABC means that it is going to work in every region. The more you know. Let's see. Steven says, we'll be doing a top 10 best worst movies of the year right before New Year's. Oh, no, no, yo, no. Yeah, Steven, I know some people try and do that. No, because for me, I look and see, are there some movies that I want to see or that have been recommended for me to see from this past year that I have not yet seen and and I want to make time for? And if any of those exist, I will hold off any list until I've actually done that. I don't ever want to release because ultimately I don't ever want to release a list and then two weeks after it's released, I see a random movie that I missed over the course of the year and end up loving it. And now it's like, well, my video is already out there. So there's the better the better chance is that you'll actually find my top 10 list for the year on critic lists first. Again, I really am prioritizing that because I just do, really do love the site and I want to promote it. I, I wish I was getting paid by them, but I'm not. Uh, I just really do enjoy the site. <laughs> but I... I would probably just do it there. And then eventually when I do feel like I've seen all the things that I, I either want to or need to see, then I would actually do it. So yeah, I am planning on a top 10 best and worst. Uh, they probably won't come out though until sometime in January. If I had to guess uh, would, would be my, my best estimate. I also have plans for most anticipated movies of 2024. Again, probably after those movies, after those videos are done and then I do also want to continue to do more box office breakdowns. I do need to, in the next couple weeks, obviously we're getting close to Christmas, so I don't know if I'll, it'll be anytime soon. Sometimes I get random uh, moments of inspiration where I have the ability to, to do a lot of things in a short period of time. So I might be able to get things going. But the Raven Awards, got to get the Wednesday Raven Awards going up. Um, and we, we do a process with that one first. If there's going to be any, you know, you know, replacements of categories usually there's not because i'm usually very like i can't change this category or this category like there's not a lot of categories i'm open to changing but i'm open to hearing ideas so i kind of be like the first thing that goes out and then it'll be the nomination form where people get to actually nominate the best and worst in 2023 and then after that we'll get our ballot together and we'll get ready to go up once again against the Oscars, which we boycott by having our own show, the Wednesday Raven Awards, or just the Raven Awards. Been doing it now for a good four or five years, and it's fun every time. Let's see, Hardwick says, what's wrong with Cheer Up Charlie? It's not the best song in the movie, but it's pretty. It's perfectly fine. Uh, I don't know where you've been living, brother, because you must be tone deaf. It, it, it's just it's not a good song. <laughs> it's the song that every person who's ever been honest with themselves will tell you they skipped. Harwick says, now you've done it, Odin. I have to go watch Casablanca for the thousandth time. Will Rick get on the plane this time? I wonder. Oh, I will not apologize because if I give anyone another reason to see that film again, I've done something good. Because it is honestly one of the best films ever made. And it's why it's in my 
top three of all time. Forever Sci-Fi, it's going to be hard to do the Raven Awards next year since I haven't bothered with anything outside of Godzilla and Mission Impossible. At least I'm sure on Jeremy being the shill of the year again. <laughs> I think you definitely started something with that, Forever Sci-Fi. Um, I think the last year, because I was so surprised by it, I I think that I I allowed certain votes to count. Basically this. This year, I'm going to be much more specific saying in order for a nomination to to actually exist, there has to be like an X number of nominations for something specific. So, for instance, last year, Jeremy got nominated for uh, mostly it was for his views on Avatar. Right. That was the big one. But there were also random votes for him specifying his comments about the Tomorrow War. So, I think, and and some other things too. So, I think what I'll do is I'll specify saying in order for a nomination to occur, there has to be, it has to be the same person and also the same reasoning. Or you have to give a reason, it has to be the same. But what also that opens up to, before anyone gets mad at that, it also opens up to Jeremy could be a multi-nominee. Because he could be nominated for being a shill for this past year, for instance. He could be nominated for shill of the year for... The Super Mario Brothers movie, um, and uh, he also can be nominated for Show of the Year for the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. All right, Steven says, and just like that, the married chick unblocked me and wants to be friends again, but is willing to work it out with her hubby. I'm just gonna let I'm just gonna let go, sadly. Don't say sadly, dude. Think about what you just did, Steven. Right? She got mad at you for a short time. She she blocked you. Now she's unblocked you. And what has she just said? Working it out. So think of it in this way. You stopped her and yourself from committing adultery, for one. And two, it seems like you motivated her to actually go the route that she should be going. And to remember, yeah, when you made those vows on the day of your wedding, lady, did you mean those words or did you not mean those words? And if at the time you meant those words, guess what? Until death do us part. Very straightforward. So no, don't feel bad about that, dude. Hardwick, uh, Roald Dahl says, uh, despise the Gene Wilder movie, although I personally consider it a decent adaptation. It's, it's, it's a great movie. I'm not talking about it as an adaptation. I have not read the books. But I will tell you, it is a fantastic movie. Wayward Noodle. Casablanca is one of my favorite movies as well. Do you know that the mechanics visible... Behind, uh, behind Humphrey Bogart and Bergman were actually uh, were actually little people hired to make the cutout plane in the background look real. I did not know that. Interesting. Wow. Forever Sci-Fi. Going into 2024 will be the easy part. It feels like getting out of 2024 will be the challenge. Yeah, especially when there's this whole you know election thing in November of 2024, and so it's already gonna feel like, oh boy, how are we gonna get through this? Can we survive? I sure hope so. Tune in next week to find out more. Odin, is AW worth seeing or is WWE finally watchable because of CM Punk? I mean, WWE has a lot of issues. It's it's so much more entertainment, quote-unquote, sports entertainment, and I hate that so much. I think the booking has been a lot better under Triple H. I think that he has a better grasp of that where versus others. That being said, I 
I think AEW is still worth watching. I think there's a lot of really fun storylines going on there. And there's just better wrestling, I think. Overall, better wrestling. Harvick says, are you as straight edge as their critical drinker, though? <laughs> what? Steven, do you think CM Punk going to win the Royal Rumble? I hope not. So my my hope is this. Here, here's how I'm fantasy booking it. If things are going to be just in this world, Cody Rhodes has to win the Rumble because he has to finish the story. He should have finished it last year, but they screwed it up. In typical WWE fashion, they they continued this stupid thousand-day reign of Roman Reigns. It's the dumbest decision they've ever... I know that there's some people who are like, I like the bloodline. That whole thing with him being champion while all this is going on is stupid. It's a waste of time. The fact that he's now in the record books is, is despicable because he's not a good wrestler. Um, but with that being said, I think the only way to do justice is... You have Cody win the Rumble so that he can take out Reigns, finally end that stupid run, uh, which should have been ended years ago. And instead, if you have CM Punk in the Rumble, you either during the Rumble or before the Rumble have something happen where where you have Seth Rollins come in. Seth Rollins, you know, basically causes him, and then that sets up a match with him. So that way, WrestleMania is CM Punk versus Seth Rollins for that title. So that it can then be Roman Reigns versus uh, Cody Rhodes for the other title. That way, what? They both get a main event. Because now that WrestleMania is over two nights, each one can have one. That's what I would do. We'll wait and see. I haven't been following it the last couple weeks, so anyway. Steven says, your thoughts on Jonathan Majors fired by Disney. Yeah, that's another big part of it too, right? So not only is Disney in this just terrible financial situation because of how much money they're losing at the box office, now their entire plan for everything going forward is 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 done, right? Like this, this is an atrocity right here. So for those that may have missed it, Jonathan Majors has been fired from Marvel and has been found guilty Convicted of physical abuse against his former girlfriend. It says the verdict is in for Jonathan Majors. And as he's been found guilty of physical abuse, he is now also terminated as a participant of the MCU. So this is also coming from thatparkplace.com. Again, check them out from Chad Peterson there. It says just as we entered the commencement of Christmas holidays for so many, the actor Jonathan Majors found himself in the crucible of judgment deemed guilty of charges of assault and harassment following a trial centered around troubling domestic violence allegations. Major's career and legacy are also in serious jeopardy. The ramification of this verdict reverberated through the corridors of Marvel Studios, leading to the unequivocal termination of Majors from his role as Kang. As a consequence, the studio will be forced to reconfigure vast plans and untold amounts of investment. In the aftermath, Hollywood Reporter delivered its account, explaining the Avengers Kang Dan- Di- Dynasty, once a heralded title, now lies in the ashes of rewriters. Internally, the project undergoes a metamorphosis, shredding, shedding its former name to be succinctly referred to as Avengers 5 for the interim. From The Hollywood Reporter, Marvel has two courses it could take. It could recast the part, although it is not clear how many actors would be attracted to a role from which one actor was so publicly fired. The other course is to redevelop its plans and refocus on a brand new villain. While Marvel sources are mum, there is indication the studio is already doing just that. In November, Marvel hired Loki creator Michael Waldron to work on a new draft of what was called King Dynasty, but is now being referred to as Avengers 5, according to sources. Studio has had months to plan for such eventuality. It's possible that Waldron was a part of that course correction. So what I think is going to happen, to be perfectly frank, 
is I think that they are either going to recast the role or they're going to continue on going, but it's going to be a minor recasting. What I mean is it's going to be that bait and switch. So he's going to be the perceived big bad, but then because of the recasting, they're going to end up having that be like that fluke, kind of similar to what you saw in Iron Man 3, where the big bad was being promised as being... uh, as being the, oh my goodness, I'm blanking out on that character. But anyway, the big bad, right? That was supposed to be played by Ben Kingsley. And so, ended up not being the case, right? That made a lot of people mad. I find it hilarious. I was not a comics person, so I didn't quite understand why that was such a big deal. I find that hilarious, but I understand why anyone did not find that funny and did not think that that was a good idea. So I can see them going kind of that direction with it. Where it's that subversion of expectations. This is something that is the is like the go-to, it seems, for most Hollywood studios. So they could go that direction, or they could go the direction of what has just been the story of too many Disney projects. D- Disney, you know, proxy Disney projects. Which is, you have a lot of behind-the-scenes chaos, rewrites coming in, and countless hundreds of millions of dollars being added on in your overall profits. It's crazy. Steven, what should Disney Marvel do with Kang now that Jonathan Majors is fired? Which actor do you think could take over? I've said this for a long time. What they need to do is take this as a sign they need to stop. They need to put a minimum five-year pause, not in a movie coming out, but a five-year pause in anything creative with it. Say, let's let this sit on ice for five years come back together, and then announce future plans so that way the next film wouldn't come out for another six or seven years. That's what they should do. They're not going to, clearly. So, I don't know what's going to happen. Keely Chaz says, Speaking of marriage, has the Legion of Memers made a meme of Gary and Az getting married while you're somewhere in the distance shaking your head? I don't think so. I do not think so. All right. Back in the chat. We are getting close to the end of the show. Uh, I have not forgotten the one thing I wanted to talk about. Um, And actually, you know what? I'll go ahead and talk about that now. And then we will go back into the chat until we catch up or until we run out of time. All right. So a quick thing about booking. All right. So I've been getting a lot of people commenting, asking questions about, okay, uh, is, you know, is the run, is the the run that Godzilla minus one and what it's been having, is, is it done? Right there was, of course, that headline that came out saying Godzilla minus one has is going to end its North American run because they did not want to have a wide release or because of X or Y. And I'm like, um, it's it. I think that article had come out on a Monday, and I immediately thought to myself, you have no idea what you're talking about if you think that is the case. So here's how movie booking works. So have you ever wondered why, when you are checking show times for a movie? Let's say, now this weekend, it's a, it's really a tough one to use as an example because it is a multi-holiday weekend. So we have a weekend coming up, but then it's also Christmas Eve on Sunday, Christmas Day on Monday. And there are some films that come out Christmas Day, even though most films typically have a release on Thursday um, before a weekend. So it does make things a little bit difficult. So we'll have to go about quite a bit here. But let's go all the way to Monday, January 1st. All right. So, because it's a holiday, we have a lot of things here. Let me see. Let's go out further to this one to show my point. Here we go. All right. So, going now to Friday, January 12th. All right. Friday, January 12th. So, if you go all the way to Friday, you'll notice 
again, this is still quite a ways away, that you have showtimes, four showtimes, in fact, for the Book of Clarence, which will be a newer film. You also have about four showtimes for The Beekeeper and two showtimes for Night Swim. Again, newer releases. In fact, let's see if we can even pull up that Thursday because what you'll see is, right, these new shows coming out in this way. But only only four movies. Some people have been looking at this and saying, well, wait a minute, Godzilla's not listed here. But wait, wait a minute, these other movies aren't listed here. That means that they're not going to be in theaters anymore. No. What this means is that because those are newer films at that time, right? Book of Clarence will be newer. Beekeeper will be newer. Night Swim will be newer. So therefore, what the studios will do when they're booking, when they're you know trying to get their, their movies booked in different theaters, is they will have their own proxies talking with, the proxies that movie theaters have. Movie theaters, and usually it's chains. I worked for an AMC, and so we had someone who literally for our market, for our region, was our booker. So there is someone whose job it is to say, all right, this theater here, let's get a schedule set for you. Let's get movies set for you. Uh, Let's see what your demographic pull is. What movies are going to perform best in your market? Right, that's what the booker's job is. So he gets that ready, and then he sends whatever the final result is to the actual theater. And then the theater, once we get that, and once we did get that sheet, we didn't get showtimes. They didn't say, all right, you need to show Little Mermaid at 7 a.m. and then at this time and this time. No, it was a sheet that they sent us that had the name of the movie, the different formats that it was going to be available in, and then it would have a number like two, three, or four, next to a format or next to a a time slot. Meaning we would be told, okay, the booker has made it clear that the studio, right, because he's making the deal with the studio, wants four showtimes of this movie in 3D. So you'd have literally like, you know, the movie name 3D next to it, and then you would have four. And that means that we need to have four showtimes that are 3D. You would have then another number saying two, and that two would say you have to have two in IMAX. There would be another one that would say one, and it would say you have to have one prime time, meaning it had to be a prime time slot, right? Somewhere in the 6 to 8 p.m. range. And so those are how the booking sheets worked. I say that because booking sheets for theaters, so theaters do not create their show times until they get that sheet from the bookers. So, so you're never going to get that. Right now, for some films that are getting released further in advance, you will get these advanced sheets that will say, Hey, we have made this deal with the studio to start having pre releases, right? Meaning uh, pre orders available for a limited number of show times. And so put those into your system. And then that's how the pre orders become available. All right. So if you ever wondered why are there some films that we can date this all the way out this far, it's because. These are, again, the deals that the bookers are making behind the scenes to get the film and to get the, uh, to get the actual films in the theaters themselves. Now, once the actual theater gets this booking sheet, which says, all right, we need to have four showings in a day. Two of them have to be 3D. One of them has to be IMAX, whatever, whatever the distinction might be. Right? And again, sometimes it also is specifying right, time of day. Right? Is it going to be during the, during the prime time slot? Is it going to be during the matinee? Right. Like, are there certain specifications that had to be? Usually it was a case where they asked for at least two of the showings to be at a certain uh, in a certain time frame. But they didn't give you an actual time. 
So then the general manager, sometimes also one of the, the senior managers instead, would then be in charge of taking that list and then turning it into an actual schedule. So they took that, and Lord knows, this would have drove me nuts if I had to do this. If I had to create the schedule in a movie theater, oh gosh. Because then they had to go and say, all right, this movie needs to be in 3D. It has to be in either this theater or this theater, because these are the only two. I worked at an AMC 20, so it's a lot of screens. And only a certain number of them had 3D capabilities. So literally, they would have to say, okay, we need to have this movie in this screen all day, this movie and this screen all day because it's the only screen that can actually play the content um, in the way that it needs to be. And then they have to go through and make sure that there's no conflicts. They need to make sure that there's enough time between each showing to give the ushers time to go into those screens themselves. And all of this is typically happening throughout the whole day on Monday and sometimes going through even into Tuesday as well. And worst case scenario is even Wednesday because the actual theater owner can't make any show times until they have that booking sheet. And usually they were good. Usually the bookers got you that sheet sent an email by either the beginning or the end of day on Monday. And if you got it in, you could then get started on the schedule. And so that's why if you've ever wondered why aren't full releases or full schedules available until maybe that Tuesday afternoon, maybe even as far as Wednesday. If it's a holiday, why at certain times before the holiday? It's because of this. It's because they're waiting on those booking sheets. So I say all this to say, if you are someone who's like, oh man, you know, we're not going to have Godzilla minus one in theaters anymore, you know, past this weekend. Well, the first thing that I would point out is that at my own local theater, I have... Let me see if I can find it here. So for the weekend, I at the very least can say this. All right? For the weekend, I have two showings of Godzilla Minus One. Saturday, December 23rd. So that means it is getting another weekend here, at least in, in my theater. Now, when you get to Sunday, because it's Christmas Eve, that does go away. But as I said, most of the time, these screenings, these theaters... The booking sheets are not released until a certain time. So most most of the time for a general release, you're going to have those actual schedules finalized around this time. So they either would have already been finalized. Usually it's 4 or 5 p.m. Eastern time, depending on how, uh, how quickly they can get that out. But sometimes it also doesn't go until maybe Wednesday because sometimes the booking sheet is delayed. Other times because of things just being crazy, things can change. So all that is to say, especially if you're trying to ask me questions about that in regards to Godzilla Minus One, the chances of the film still being around, I think, are still pretty high because the film was still doing pretty well in its daily numbers and because most theater schedules have not been official, has not been made official until today at some point. And some of them may not, maybe not even until tomorrow. Anyway, let's go back to the chat and we will end things in just a few minutes. So please pause on adding any other questions if you can it would really mean a lot heartbreak rage says thank you for those comments about the church my brother catholic hey brethren in christ laudato jesus christus in secula heartbreak ridge thank you again for being here let's see tina b Empress of the universe says merry christmas everyone oh no let's not talk about disney please okay let's talk about disney i'll stop now disney uh please stop the suspense is killing me what will happen next 
Uh, let's see. Steven says, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year in case you won't stream until next year. What's your schedule for live streaming? Uh, I mentioned that at the very beginning of the show. It'll be the last stream I do before Christmas. Obviously, Friday Night Tights is is on the table. Um, but that will be, of course, tricky with family coming in and, and everything. But I think I should still be able to be on for at least a little bit. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, the, the issue this time is that because the daycare is closed on Friday, um, I'm not going to have that same ability or that same capacity as I as I once did to uh, to have at least like an hour and a half without uh, my son. My son is the is the bigger question mark on Fridays typically with that. So if I can't be on Friday night tights though, then my next stream won't be until let's see, salty Saturday night, uh, salty Saturday stream. I should be able to get on because that's during the nap time of of the children. And the d- 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 next one would be that following Tuesday, which would be after Christmas. So so definitely a, a blessed Christmas. Harvick says, off topic, but did you hear the breaking news from Colorado? Yes, I did. And look, until the actual Supreme Court of the United States, not just a state Supreme Court, makes it a final decision, it, it's, it's a, it, to me, it's a nothing burger. I, I will say this much. It's just ridiculous that anyone is being treated in that way. So... Master of Gaming, uh, The Boogeyman is a horror movie for 20th Century Studios, and it flopped. How will the first Omen have any chance of making profit? Master of Gaming, I answered that question. You asked that same question for the uh, Patreon video. Go watch that. <laughs> Jacob White Wiseman, we need beef-flavored popcorn. Oh, boy. Do we need that, really? Forever Sci-Fi, that's not one movie. Uh, there's not one movie on that Disney losses list that I actually want to watch or would waste time on. Yeah. I do not blame you at all. All right. Let's see. Rod Rod Priester, what's going on? Let's see. Tia says, the parks are losing money. They keep cutting back and the parks get crappier. Have you seen uh, the that, that Tiana ride yet? Woo-wee, it's bad. Oh, wait, they finished the whole remake of Splash Mountain? Oh, boy. I've not seen that. Master of Gaming says, will you see Wonka and Ferrari? Someone already asked me about Wonka. I might see it. Ferrari is one that I have more interest in seeing, but it really depends. It really, really depends. Let's see. Shen Hong, what is going on? Uh, Do you use Cody Media Streamer? If not, what's your preference? Dude, I I, kind of want to learn more about Cody. Uh, Right now, I'm using Jellyfin. But Jellyfin on Roku is bad. It, it just it's not as intuitive. It doesn't have as many features as on an Android TV box or on the iOS or Android app itself. Um, and so I was looking into potentially um, finding if there was a way. But Cody also doesn't work on Roku, so that does not help me, unfortunately. But I've heard a lot of good things about Roku. I personally use Jellyfin for a long time. I use Plex. I think Plex is great. Um, there's just a lot. Of, there's a, there's a lot of issues that I would have every now and then, and I'm I'm having some issues with Jellyfin, but to me it's it, it's more forgivable because it's it's like mostly open source, and you get a lot of features for free in Jellyfin that you had to pay for with, uh, with Plex. But overall, I, I like that one quite a bit. But everyone has different preferences for different reasons. Uh, Smarticus, what's going on again? It's 8:02, so I'm still 30 minutes behind. I'm gonna do everything I can to get through these comments. Uh, I do want to end in about maybe seven minutes or so because I need, I really honestly need some ice cream. Great Widow says, have you ever watched the 1969 cartoon short Bambi Meets Godzilla? No, but I've heard of it. 
I have definitely heard of it. King and Rumsky laughed. I hope you were laughing at something good. Mr. Roy says, yes, all 4Ks are region free. That's what I figured. Thank you, Mr. Roy, for confirming that. Shane Hong says, Bob Iger didn't need to be promised anything to continue failing. He runs on pure narcissistic-fueled arrogance. He literally cannot believe you don't like their crap. Yep. And I honestly think he's just an activist at this point. Laura says, excited for finally seeing Iron Claw Thursday. Yes, Laura, me and you together going to see Iron Claw. Can't wait to see your review on Criticalist. Rob D, hello, Odin. I watched Rocky 2 last night. So far, I would rank the ones I've watched uh, 4, 2, 1. Oh, interesting. Oh, man, I don't know about that. I don't know. So, as you all know, as far as, like, the actual best movie, there's this, I don't know why, but my heart gets pulled towards Rocky Balboa. There's something about the grit of that movie and how it's, how well it's filmed. It's just, it's very, very good. It's something where I'm always just surprised at how good it is because of how late it is in the franchise. So for me, I think it's, I think I'm at Rocky Balboa. Let's, let's just go to favorites, right? Not just, not the quality, but the ones that I enjoy the most. I'd probably go Rocky Balboa, Rocky four, Rocky one. And then I would go Rocky two and I'm going to be honest, I would probably go Rocky 5, then Rocky 3. I know that's heresy for a lot of people to put any film, uh, you know, before Rocky 5, or for Rocky 5 to not, sorry, yeah, for Rocky 5 to not be the worst on the list, but I think there are certain things in Rocky 5 that make me laugh, that I find hilarious. Uh, the whole character that, uh, you know, the, the street fight also at the end, it's funny. And Rocky Three, I just, I, I just, ah, uh, it's fine. It's fine, I guess. Forever Sci-Fi. I'm really annoyed that my digital version of Charlie Brown Christmas is unavailable on Amazon because Apple has exclusive streaming rights. Time to dig out the physical copy. Yep, and that's why I would recommend highly uh, creating your own physical media um, library, your own digital digitized version, your own version of Netflix. As I said, you can get something like Jellyfin, which is free. And all you really need is, you know, obviously to get a, a full end system, it would cost quite a bit, right, to get an actual server. If you have an old laptop that you're not using anymore, right, a lot of times they have enough to be able to to host and to even like transcode data. So get an old one of those, get a, a hard drive, you know, it, it would be best to get a, a large hard drive, like maybe a 10 terabyte hard drive to get you started. Um, but a large enough one to where you can start using make MKV, start digitizing a library, because then you can make your own Netflix, um, essentially. And and it, it's great. And I know that uh, Mr. Roy has an even fancier setup because he gets to actually play. Uh, he backs up his copies as like a one to one uh, version. So it, it it's like essentially playing back the actual physical 4K disc itself. That that's one I would love to find out more about and uh, am jealous of. That's like my at some point one day. Gary Banjo Sandwich says sent you sent the card to you in email. Enjoy my friend. Oh, thank you, Gary Banjo Sandwich. I appreciate that. Orange Hat says I miss the days when ads did not plague live streams. Yeah, apologies. I I do have it set to the most. <laughs> I do have it set to the the most uh, conservative setting, but uh, I can only do so much. Jacob Wiseman says, we need more movies about fighting savagery in the jungles. Uh, okay. Tina says, whoa, adulteress. Is this really Odin's show? What? 
What was adulterous? Tina says, there were so many other shills this year who are way more than Jeremy, who predicted Mario would make more than, uh, who predicted Mario would make more than a billion dollars. <laughs> For sci-fi, there might be a comet visible in the night sky like Hale-Bob was, which would be so fitting for 2024. Interesting. Interesting. Orange Hat says, I will quote Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z abridged, his most epic line, wrestling's fake. No, it's staged. How dare you? Never say that. Never say that again. Shen Hong says, Jonathan Major tries to save Marvel by going to jail. Seriously. One could argue. Great Wuda says, I'd rather watch Barbie than eat pineapple on pizza. Dang. I'd probably rather watch. I'd probably rather eat pineapple on pizza than watch Barbie again. I don't want to have to sit through another one of those stupid speeches. The Mandarin. That's what it was. The Mandarin. King and Rumshki says, "Are you saying Mod- uh, Modok will be the real villain in the MCU?" Oh my goodness! Could you imagine if they replaced Jonathan Major's character with Modok? Snow Golem thirteen. What's up? Hail to you. Welcome back. We're wrapping things up. Rob D, I honestly think of Aquaman 2 that Warner Brothers should let the theater keep 90% of ticket cost. <laughs> I mean, it would probably be... I mean, imagine if they did make that deal. They probably would make more money from it because then theaters would have a higher incentive to put it in every single show, right? For, for the bookers to, to make the deal so sweet that all theaters... Like, imagine if all theater chains in a five-mile radius were only showing Aquaman. It's, it's not going to necessarily do all that well, but if you're offering them that kind of a cut on tickets, they might take it. Uh, Tina says, Godzilla sadly has to our egg bed. It's run, uh, and it's run on 31st unless they rework the context, uh, the contract with Legendary. Yeah, and again, I don't know what the contract with Legendary actually is. I just know I have heard that said a few times already, right? When its original quote theatrical run was supposed to end. I was like, well, look, you're saying that on a day where the actual booking sheets have not yet been sent out yet. Let's wait. And sure enough, it was getting more, uh, it was still getting more, more show times. So I don't know if that one is more specific to a date, but we'll obviously find out it is playing through this weekend though. As I said, there are show times at my local theater on Saturday. James Gauss says Godzilla minus one had extended again until January 3rd, and so I was planning to release minus one again, but in black and white version. Ooh, okay. Okay. So there you go. Someone has already said they're going to extend it. But as I said, right, we, we really don't need to even have that information because that's just not how things work as far as the booking sheets go. All right. Again, we are anything, so please do not post any more comments uh, that are questions. I appreciate those that that have a um, who 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 think about my uh, my heart. Shen Hong says Lenovo Think Center off eBay sixty five dollars free Libre LEC Cody download installed so far happy okay nice. Um, Shen Hong, are you in the Discord server or on X or Twitter? I would love to hear more about your setup. And because uh, I don't know enough about Cody, every time I try to look at Cody, I get so confused. It just seems like such a, a hassle of, of things to get through. But as far as like what my mental capacity is, I was able to set up my, uh, I was able to download a container into my Synology NAS to have my 
uh, Jellyfin server play. So I know how to do that. I also recently have gotten into retro gaming emulation. So I just recently revamped my old Android phone and it's so powerful because of the chipset it it can play GameCube games. It can emulate GameCube games. Um, which again, I know that might not seem that powerful to those that have maybe like a Steam Deck or something like that. But for someone like me, I'm like, oh, I get to actually connect this to my TV and can play old school Mario Kart, can play Double Dash and 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 a bunch of other things too. Harwick, I thought you saw Baby Beats Godzilla when Gary showed it on FNT. Uh, did he show it when I was off? Uh, let's see. Matuine, thank you very much for the $5 super chat. Saying, Merry Christmas. Hope you're doing well. Matuine, it's felt like it's been a while since I've seen you in the chat, brother. Welcome. Thank you very much. You're awesome. Very generous. Steven, what Christmas movie do you recommend so far? My coworker's telling me to see Jingle All the Way. Uh, yes, Jingle All the Way is hilarious. It is one of those guilty pleasures. It's not a good movie by any means. It's very cringe at times, in fact, but it's hilarious. So funny. Um, But uh, my go-to is always It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life, quintessential Christmas. Cthulhu, Merry Christmas to you, Odin, everyone in the chat. Oh, yes, you too as well, Cthulhu. Thank you. Orange chat, Rocky Babo, Rocky Rocky 4, Stallone cut. I forgot there was a Stallone cut. I haven't seen that one yet. Rocky 1, 2, 3, then Rocky 5. 5 is skippable. Yes, I know. I know, I know, I know. Great Wuda, who's a member. Rocky 5 over Rocky 3, unsubscribe. And again, it's not because it's a better movie. Rocky 3 is a better movie on paper, no doubt about it. Entertainment value, that, that's where it, it, it separates from me. Orange Hat says, Oh, Odin, James Cameron actually did 4K of Abyss, True Lies, after our collector's edition. He finally got around. To, you know, he finally did, Orange Hat. I know. I remember that came out a couple weeks ago. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to get the, especially Abyss, uh, maybe True Lies. The Abyss is like the big one for me. Orange Hat, biggest shills for the Ravens are those who help Barbie get to a billion dollars. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Abomination, black and white version sounds interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would be interested to see a black and white. The only issue I would have with it is that it would be in post-production, so it would not be a natural-looking black and white. And that, to me, sounds a lot more like a gimmick than anything else. Uh, Snowgob13 over on Odyssey says, Retro good Zulu. Yes, indeed. Kimberly G, Merry Christmas to everyone. And that is going to be a wrap, everybody. So seriously, woo. We got to an hour 35, went a little bit over time, actually, compared to what I'm used to. But we had a lot of things to talk about tonight, and we indeed talked about them. We talked about how Disney right now is looking at $1.5 billion plus in financial losses. Can't wait to get updates on those budgets, updates also on those marketing costs. And as I get more confirmation on those things, um, I will update that chart and we'll see that number continue to to grow exponentially. Uh, So be on the lookout for top movies of the year, worst moves of the year, biggest box office bombs of the year, biggest box office hits of the year, uh, but broken down by studio, all that good stuff and most anticipated film of the year too. And also uh, probably going to be before any of those things, Get ready for some information about the next annual uh, Raven Awards, our award show. It's a boycott of the Oscars and all things Hollywood, and it's our opportunity to have our own winners and losers who are the best and the worst of the year in film 2023. So be on the lookout for that. The first thing, as I said, the first stage typically, okay, what are our categories? Do we have any that anyone have a strong desire to get rid of? What would your replacement be? 
There's usually some voting that happens with that. Usually things stay the same, but I'm always open to at least hearing what people have to say about those things. And from there, we'll then have the nominations where you get to actually nominate movies, nominate people. That's a lot of fun. Uh, It's usually one where not as many people participate. So if you are someone that wants to see a lot of great options, I definitely recommend doing the actual nomination form where you're saying, I want this person or this person to be, you know, to, to, to be considered as it were. So anyway, be on the lookout for that. I need to go get some ice cream because I just, I need it. I need it. Abomination, $100 billion. Yes, indeed. And because this is going to be that last stream that I do, at least on this channel, until after Christmas, I do want to say I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of your Advent. We are still in the midst of the season of Advent, so don't ever don't ever forget the reason for the season. Uh, today is a Feria Day, uh, but tomorrow is an Ember Wednesday, so it's a day of of optional in today's church, an optional fasting and abstinence. Uh, St. Thomas the Apostles' Feast Day after that, Ember Friday, Ember Saturday, and then we have the Vigil, Christmas Eve, as it were, and then Christmas Day, of course, and the 12 days of Christmas following after. So... A lot of awesome stuff to look forward to, and because of all of that, I hope you all have a blessed rest of your Advent, a blessed and merry, merry Christmas. I need ice cream, and as always, God bless.